0: Hello, I'm Phil Smith, and welcome to Eurovision, or should I say Melody Festivalen in isolation? Yes, it is a special episode today as we are not looking at a Eurovision song contest. In fact, we are looking at the king and queen of all Eurovision national selections. We are in Sweden for their Melody Festivalen. Uh, it is the biggest show in Sweden. It rates even more highly than the Eurovision Song Contest itself. So, joining me tonight for this review is the ever-wonderful Daniel Irvin. Hello again, Phil. The utterly brilliant Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. The stupendously fantastic Alexander Smith. Good evening, Phil. And the somewhat mediocre Simon Rickenback.
1: Just making up the numbers, Phil.
0: So, for our review of Melody Festival, we are taking a look at the year 2017. It was a particularly strong year for Melody Festival, at least on my own personal tastes. Uh, so, I wouldn't suggest that every year is quite this brilliant, but um, uh, I like quite a lot of the songs, so I thought it would make a good year to take a look at. So, song number one. Comes from the curly-haired blonde Swedish songstress that is Victoria, and this is her song As I Lay Me Down.
1: As I lay me down to sleep, I wish that you would hear with me, cause I need some help to save me from myself and I know.
0: I'm going to throw straight over to Alex. Alex, does Victoria lay you down? <laughs> uh,
2: she doesn't know. Um, I, I don't. I don't especially like it because she's singing at quite great length and depth about some dude she's clearly into and missing, and I would say no bloke is worth this sort of mental torture, um, but. <laughs> You know, then again, we've all been there. You know, it certainly does seem like this is sort of sung through the prism of I've had a couple of drinks and, you know, (laughs) I've gotten in all melodramatic. Um, You know, so when when I've been in those moods before, I chuck maybe the Smiths on or something like that or a bit of David Bowie and, you know, really, really, you know, wind down and get all moody and intense. This song, however... And as I say, you know, she's pining for this bloke that she can't see and really misses. It's got that kind of Adele mopey messaging, but de- delivered with a really kind of Katy Perry style. And I don't think it really works. I didn't really like it. Okay, um, I
0: would say, as as you say, you go in, you come in from the pub or wherever you've been moping, and and put on the Smiths. Um, I have been in that situation and I came in and I put on this song this, this song is a it, it, you're absolutely right but I think I think this is a great uh great song to uh mope to I mean at least it lifts you up it's a up tempo
1: mopey song I agree with Alex I think it's I, I found it quite incongruous really to have the the sort of different messaging and the um it compared to the song it, sou- it sounds like the the underlying music and the lyrics were written for different songs to be delivered in different styles. And then you've, you've ended up uh, with this thing in the middle.
3: <laughs> okay. Dan, what are your thoughts on this song? I don't know if I'm quite as harsh on it as, uh, as Alex and Simon have been. I think it's quite a nice, pleasant, catchy little, little tune. It's not my favorite of the night, but um I think some of the staging that that she's got going on here is quite interesting. Obviously it's only really the, the four poster bed that she lies down on at one point. But what they do with the lighting and the, the her interaction with it is um, is quite nice. It's quite interesting. Um it's not perfectly polished, it's a bit the timing's a bit off in places, but I thought it was very interesting.
1: I think the bed makes it look a bit like um a sort of Swedish version of the cube that's actually quite easy to get out of. Yeah, it was
4: it's got this. Uh, effect of lying in space because she lies on this augmented reality type bed and appears to be spread among the stars, which was quite cool. But beyond that, I nothing to this song, as Alex might say.
0: <laughs> um, as far as a as a singer, how do we think that she she was? Because I think. Uh, I, I agree with a lot of your comments, but I think vocally she's, uh, she's one of the stronger performers tonight.
3: I think
1: it's a strong feel, though. I wouldn't necessarily say she stands out in it. I thought
3: one of the interesting things about her voice was she sounded quite. Um, she's got a southern drawl about her, a bit of a kind of a Dolly Parton kind of sound. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a country vibe to her voice, isn't there?
3: This was
0: Victoria's uh, second entry into Melody Festival. Island. She had entered the previous year with a song called Save Me also with some AV interaction. And in case anyone is uh, vaguely interested in our ongoing series of Disney dubs from Eurovision entrance, she voiced Moana in the Swedish dub of the film Moana. So we come to everyone's favourite format point of the podcast, the do's and nil pois. All of our four panellists will give their uh, the song either their douze pois for the night or their nil pois for the night if it is their favourite or least favourite song. So, I open the floor to you all. Does this earn anyone's douze pois? Strong. Okay. Does this earn anyone's nil pois? I really should start putting songs at the opening of the show that at least get one or t'other but there we go i don't want to play around with the format so we come to uh, predictions now obviously the predictions game is a little bit different as this is not eurovision itself but all these songs do still have a placing in the swedish televotes so uh, a televote and jury vote as well. The voting system in Melody Festival and very much mirrors the Eurovision voting system. They have votes from international juries. In this case, rather than forty odd Euro, um, all of the nations in Eurovision, they take a selection from, in this case, eleven international juries, um, and then they have an equal weighting with the public vote. So the songs that I have picked out for you to listen to tonight came. Third, fourth, sixth, seventh, and one did not qualify for the final, of which there were twelve acts. So, you can put it somewhere in the thirteenth to sixteenth range. So, uh, any thoughts on where it might have placed? Let's chuck that to
1: Simon. Uh, for me, this is probably the seventh. become seventh, uh, I think. I don't. I, I think it probably did qualify, but I. I I don't think it did too well.
0: So, the worst of the finalists? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, we shall move on to our uh, second song for tonight. And our second song comes from John Henrik Fjallgren, and it features Aninha. And their song is called, and possibly in the longest title that we have had yet on the podcast. Envald ful avstrida brackets, yatneme gusni gin daro. Was John and Aninha. And that song was no yoke. So I throw over to
3: Dan to talk us through. Thanks, Phil. Um, before I dive in, I'd like to just clarify here, just to be just to be sure we've had some mistakes in the podcast in the past. I'd, uh is this this is the Sami people, right? This isn't Native Americans, <laughs> it's not something else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh Jan-Henrik Fjallgren is is Sami although uh, he was actually born in Colombia, but no, he is of Sami descent.
3: Okay, thank you. Uh, so, as that kind of alludes to, this for me draws big kind of uh, comparisons with um, Roger Ponter from our 2000, I think, um, podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Now, Roger Ponter, from from our memory, it wasn't my do's point on, on the night, but his song was big. It was powerful. It took all of the Sami culture and he projected it with his big voice. And in comparison, this is kind of a bit flat. It's a bit meh. Uh, the song never really kind of gets out of second gear. Um, and there's not a lot going on with the staging. This It's it's just two people singing and at the end they hug. And, it, and that's nice. But for me, there wasn't a lot there. Okay. Jan
0: Henrik is a, a, a something of a regular at uh, Melody Festival, this was his second uh, entry. He competed previously in 2015, where he finished second, and he competed again later in in 2019, where he finished fourth. Uh, he'd also previously won um, Sweden's Got Talent in 2014, uh, so he's uh, very well versed in competitive singing, if we uh, or competitive yoking, for his case. Uh, but as well as that, he's also competed in uh, Swedish Strictly Come Dancing in 2018, which he won. Uh, so I shall throw over to Minnie. Minnie, any thoughts on this one?
4: I think you were going to say he'd also competed in the Olympics because he looked like Tom Daly to me. <laughs> yeah, it's got quite a nice traditional meets sci-fi feel almost. Although I think a lot of the songs tonight feel quite futuristic because of the high tech staging. <laughs>
3: um,
4: yeah, it was a it was a middling entry of these songs for me. Okay,
0: so nothing nothing very exciting for you, just middle of the road yokie pop song.
4: Well, I think it was middling for this bunch, but I think this is actually a very strong selection, as you said mm. uh, at the beginning. This is obviously a good year for Melody Festival.
0: So I I did say that this is a strong year for Melody Festival, and 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 it is. But I. I wouldn't say that it is outstandingly far and above what Melody Festival creates every year. Uh, as far as the staging and uh, performance goes, uh, this is this is what Melody Festival brings every year. It's the reason it's the most watched show in Sweden.
1: Phil, can I ask why why is the UK show comparatively so bad? That's
0: a great question. It's a question we've been asking ourselves for a very long time historically the BBC haven't really thrown themselves behind a selection show in the same way as Melody Festival and because it hasn't rated uh, well for them people Eurovision rates well but the selection shows do not people don't care until the evening effectively as the thought Um, and yeah ultimately it it holds a place in Swedish hearts Swedish people love this they they take a real pride in it uh there it is generally very popular music there these songs do well in the charts there is it's not necessarily the winner but a song from melody festival and will undoubtedly get to number 1 as do songs from eurovision and we just don't look at eurovision in the same way over here
2: watching melody festival and the the format and setup does look you know incredibly similar to something like the x factor you know quite a high budget set and clearly you know they they put a lot of resource into the staging of the thing i feel like you know simon cowell you know mr moneybags has probably got bigger and more cash moneys uh ideas behind some of his some of his acts but but I, i feel like if if something like the voice as a format, it could be could be tweaked to sort of be a funnel for Eurovision because the Voice, and I have watched the Voice before. You know, I don't know if you guys have, but you know, it's a, you do get quite a broad range of really different types of singers. So if there was a final process whereby you had you know top six singers in the Voice, you, you know that, that that is a format that 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 could potentially be a funnel to Eurovision. And similarly, I don't know what former winners of the Voice are up to. No, their, <laughs> well, their, their commercial success doesn't seem quite as you know, fruitful as the X Factor route. Just a thought. Uh,
0: no, that's a really interesting point, Alex, because an awful lot of the acts at Melody Festivalin are are performers that have come through from uh, Swedish Idol or their pop idol variant. Uh, and your point on Simon Cowell as well is interesting because Simon Cowell has spent a lifetime papooing, uh Eurovision because uh, he's not involved with it. But uh, on on many occasions, Simon Cowell has offered to take Eurovision out of the BBC's hands and give it to ITV. And he's also obviously very infamously tried to do World Idol when Pop Idol was at its peak. And that that flopped like you wouldn't believe. So uh, maybe uh, Simon Cowell does secretly sit at home and watch Eurovision every May.
2: Alex.
0: Alex. How did you like John Henrik?
2: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this this song. Thank you for including it in the in the selection this week. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Tom Daly. I appreciate um, John Henrik's obviously wearing the um, the kind of traditional Sami getup, um, but it is a kind of all white, almost polyester-looking number. So it does look awfully like he's in a tracksuit. That for me is the only significant drawback for this particular song. Um, I, I disagree with Dan. I think, he's, I think he actually sings quite powerfully. And Ninya spends a lot of her time in front of a wind machine as well. I do feel like it was a little bit unfair not to give him any uh, time with a wind machine. But there you go. Maybe, he's, maybe he didn't want to ruin his hair or something. I liked it. And crucially, it gave me Yoki Papai vibes.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Simon, I haven't come to you yet. Um, does this song reek of cultural appropriation for you?
1: I, I think it's a really good song. I really like it. And as as Alex said, it definitely did give me the, the Yoki Pie vibes. I think I think which it would have competed against, would it, if it had won? Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I I really like the mix of sort of old and new and and new imagination and culture. The the only other thing I, I did think was that it's a bit harsh that they've they've given it featured Anina, rather than her actually featuring fully on the song in the song name. Um or some t- uh, some credit rather, which I thought was a bit strange considering she she probably does more than half of the singing, I would say.
0: I suspect that um is a case of the more the f- more famous act is uh, getting the limelight there. Uh as far as uh, my research has suggested, uh Nina is basically only famous
4: for for this song. It's a bit like how this podcast is featuring Simon Ruckenberg. <laughs>
0: Let's move this on. Let's move this on to uh, doos and nil pois. So uh, no one seemed to hate it. So we'll skip straight over the nil pois. Any, any douze pois out there?
2: Yes, Phil. This will be getting my douze pois, my Irlande doos pois. Really strong all-round song. My favourite of the night. Lovely. So predictions.
0: Where do we think this came?
2: Third. Best century of the night. I think, I think yeah. as we will discover... All the others are quite samey that are coming. Spoilers. This is significantly different to be uh, up the leaderboard.
0: Okay, strong prediction. So we move on to song number three for tonight. And this is another Melody Festival and favourite. This is Mariette and this is her song A Million Years. was Mariette so I throw it over to
4: Miniette. So the second dreadlocked singer of the night, Mariette is joined by marionette style backing dancers who are tethered on these long ropes it has this again really cool futuristic look to it these sheer white costumes uh, really striking acrobatics it basically looks like the makeup counter staff in boots have gone on a bungee jumping away day.
1: I love the staging I think it's really cool it, it sort of it looks like the inside of a, a 1980s style tube shooter like a like a game like Tempest or something like that but yeah I think it's really interesting the dancers look really cool the, the moves are really sort of interesting and distinctive there's a, a one of my slight problems with it is there are a few they pull off that sort of make it look a bit like a public hanging which kind of ruins the vibe a little bit.
3: Dan what were your thoughts? I really like this song um it's really catchy it's quite modern and quite um you know you could hear this on the radio and you would think it would chart very well if it was released by Ellie Golding or someone like that and yeah I like the staging as well um agree at one point it did look like a public hanging but getting over that point uh, the staging is really interesting and really different um so yeah I, I, I quite like it okay um Alex what are your thoughts
2: uh yeah great choreography really interesting um but it's interesting dan says you know that this this could have charted and it you know it sounds like a number of pop songs that i think that was my biggest issue with it it's, it's difficult to do analysis on a song that i feel like i've heard a variant of hundreds of times do you know this is just like it seems like it's every other kind of nightclub poppy song that has been released in about the last five years so it's difficult to do serious analysis on it it's too similar and too semi to a couple of the other songs that we're going to listen to shortly beyond the choreography um and too similar to just pop music in general at the time
0: you make a good point on this song uh sounding like a lot of others whether that's in the general charts or in eurovision alone uh this song comes from thomas g Son. he's one of uh, five writers on this song, but he is an absolutely prolific uh, Eurovision writer. He's had 15 songs at the Eurovision Song Contest alone. He's had this is one of four songs that he had at uh, this Melody festivalen but he's written something near 50 songs for Melody Festival over the years. He's probably most famous as one of the one of the writers on Euphoria by Laureen in 2012, which went on to win, as we all know. Uh, So um, he certainly had his successes, but potentially uh, his uh, detractors might suggest that an awful lot of songs sound a little bit the same. So generally a pretty positive reaction. Does anyone want to give this song their their douze
3: poids? Yes, Phil, I do. Yeah, I would like to give this my douze poids. I really like this song. I think it's very catchy. I think the staging is pretty good um and i think if it would have gone to the final it would have done quite well so yeah doos point for me uh, anyone else with a doos point
1: yeah i think i'm going to give this my douze point as well it's quite it's really difficult i think um between this and one of the other songs coming up but i think this one just for me edges it i think this has great staging and i think the songs a bit higher quality um, but overall I, I, yeah I'm a huge fan
0: lovely okay uh, and predictions. So,
3: where where do people think this placed? Uh, let's come to Dan. Yeah, I think not only do I like it, but I think a lot of people in the general public would like it as well, and across juries as well, which I think would make it do very well. So I'm going to have to say it would come, would have come third. Okay, we shall move
0: swiftly on uh, to song number four tonight. Uh, this comes from Ace Wilder. And her song is Wild Child. That was Ace Wilder with Wild Child. This is uh, Ace's third entrant into Melody Festivalen. She first entered in 2014 with her song Busy Doing Nothing, which uh, came a very close second to uh, Sanna Nilsson's winner that year and rose the charts uh, like you wouldn't believe, got to number one in Sweden. Uh, and her second song, Don't Worry, uh, featured much grander staging. With a sort of pyramid of aces, if you will, uh, and and this was her third and as of yet final uh, entrant into uh, Melody Festivalen, and it is a a scene of pastel tracksuits uh, with both Ace and her backing dancers in various shades of, of blue and purple uh, tracksuits. Uh, dancing to uh, a pop banger and yeah i'm gonna open the floor to comments but i shall warn you to not be too damning as i do intend to name one of my very own children after miss ace wilder so i shall come
3: to dan first any thoughts on this song for us (laughs) (laughs) i imagine that a few people listening right now probably don't really like this song they probably think it's a bit strange it's a bit weird but I I like it. I don't know, Phil. Me and you, we, we I think we might we might be alone here. But um, it starts a bit odd. It starts a bit strange. But once it really gets going into the chorus, it's really quite catchy. Uh, it's it's quite a good number, and she's playing this character, this um, wild child, I guess is, is what she's going for. Um, and she looks a bit like a Chav when Stefani gone to the Tesco in her pajamas. Um, but mm-hmm. it's what she does with it is is brilliant, and she she, she plays the character very well. Um, and yeah, I quite like this song. It is
0: I, I think it is undeniably the catchiest song of the five that we've got up tonight. Uh, and I won't allow anyone to interrupt to tell me otherwise. Um, it's certainly the catchiest. I quite like Chabby Gwen Stefani. It does sum it up quite well.
2: Um, let's come to Alex. When this when this video started, I was like, okay, I, I despise this woman. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, that, that, that set the tone for me. Unfortunately, the, she then started singing about how much of a wild child she was and how much of a wild life she lived. And I do apologise, fellas, but this doesn't really resonate with me. I'm quite straight-laced. You're a mild child. I'm a very mild child. Uh, no, it was really catchy. Um, it's just a bit too kind of poppy. What I didn't like about this is that I can... I envisage this being like the backing track to an advert for skins the deplorably fucking popular show from the mid noughties you know that i'm a wild child living in wild life like oh god <laughs> vomit
0: okay so maybe i'm looking for the good in this song because i just find it so uh, catchy but i don't think she's really singing about being a, a wild loose cannon and and uh, drinking at parties and and taking loads of drugs like they do on skins. Um, I think she's she's singing about being out in the wild. she's singing about um, following the stars and dancing with wolves and uh, I, I think the wild child is not uh, as in the popular vernacular, I think she is a child of the wild if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be about, but I just, I just don't buy that. It's like the kind of wild it is is like going on a gap year and getting your picture taken with a sedated tiger. It's not, <laughs> it's not like living in the wilderness and and you know really getting to know your your inner self. Wild.
0: She certainly has a a bratty
4: persona. I think that's fair to say. Um, Mini. Yeah, I was not a fan of Ace Wilder, Pet Detective. I didn't like the Swedish Miley Cyrus or Abba Montana vibe that she had. And yeah, I agree with Alex. If if the idea is wild as in wild, then the kind of teeny pop aesthetic much more suggests wild as in obnoxious.
0: Um, Right. I'm going to get this over and done with um, as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, I didn't feel enough support in the room for any pois, so come on, who has a nilpoise for me?
1: Yeah, Phil, I'm I'm throwing my nilpoise into the ring. She's sort of like the popular girl in school who's decided to enter a talent contest, but she doesn't really want to look like she's trying, and also no one's had the heart to tell her that she's not actually that good at singing.
0: You're not actually all that good at paneling, Simon, but we haven't kicked you off yet. <laughs> uh, any other any other nilpoises?
4: Yeah, this is getting my nil and Phil, if you really are considering naming your baby Ace Wilder, then I might have to call someone. Just Ace, not Ace Wilder, just Ace. Okay, no, that's just as bad. <laughs> right,
0: I'm I'm disappointed in the lot of you, but maybe you can redeem yourself on your predictions. Where do we think this comes?
1: I think this this will be a non-qualifier, and that's why she hasn't been back
0: controversial Uh, but with that we shall move on to song number five the infamous song number five of the Eurovision in Isolation podcast available on Facebook Twitter and SoundCloud song number five this week comes from a legend Eurovision winner and visionary Lorene she won originally in 2012 with Euphoria in Baku and now she is Baku to Melody Festivalen uh, with her song Statements. Certainly, a statement there. So, uh, Simon, why don't you talk us through this one?
1: Yeah, it's a really strong performance. Um, unfortunately, it's for A-level drama. Yes, um, that's that's unkind. Actually, I I do think this is um, this is a decent entry. It sort of starts with uh, Samara from the Ring, uh, who's finally entered Eurovision, and then sort of progress as the song goes on, sort of progressively older women uh sort of become involved uh and they sort of dance in this quite i don't know really it's it's hard to describe it's almost like it, it feels like it's got a strong horror vibe um it reminds me a bit of the Azerbaijani entry from this year in 2017 except i think it's it's done a lot better than that um in the sense that it's it's got a kind of a message and an interesting staging Uh, that really comes across well i think it's really good yeah i think it makes good use of the space uh, and i just think it's a really strong performance
0: simon compares it to art there uh what were your thoughts dan
3: yeah i'm gonna have to counterpoint here i'm not surprised that simon likes it because i know from some of the other songs that we've we've covered on previous podcasts that simon is a big fan of some confusing staging and this is absolutely the number one example of confusing staging it's so it starts off like the ring, as I agree with Simon. I, I made I thought it started off like the ring, and then it sort of ends up like Les Miserables uh, uh, towards the end. And does what's the story? Do we do we? Does anyone actually know what the story is? Because for me, I watched this seven eight times, and I still don't really know. Um, and on the night of Eurovision, people are only going to watch this once. They're not going to have an audio commentary telling them what's going on. They've got to see it. They've got to know what's going on, and they've got to vote for it. And so for me, that this was a bit of a dud.
4: They're like. Versions of herself that she's dancing with, I thought. I think it is supposed to be abstract and provocative and, yeah, a bit A-level drama, but really striking and different to anything else that we've seen. And also it's a really interesting song. It's a strange industrial number, completely different from all the kind of poppy ones that we've had so far.
0: It's certainly different. You, you, You can't disagree with that. Um, but different in a good way, do you think, Minnie?
4: Yeah, I do. I love Lorreen in that I love both the songs of hers that I've heard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that she always looks like she's just crawled out of a well and I think she's got a really great voice.
0: It's certainly an interesting one because uh, there was big shock and surprise when Lorreen was announced as a competitor. In the Melody Festival in 2017, because whilst it's not unheard of for uh, winners of Melody Festival and to come back a few years later and try again, uh, it is relatively unusual that winners of Eurovision come back to compete again. Not because they're not allowed, but they usually go on to bigger and better things. Monzemelo hasn't been back to Melody Festival and since, since his win, but euphoria was such a massive hit at eurovision it's still to this day uh, thought of as the the biggest and best winner of eurovision thus far that queen lorraine was returning to Euro, uh, to melody festival and and wanting to return to the eurovision stage was um was a big shock and obviously by the fact that we're covering it today she didn't get there um which surprised a lot of people as well uh, alex we haven't heard a lot from you on this one yet what are your thoughts
2: uh yeah mixed 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 feelings from me it's very creepy and i think she's got a great voice i agree with me she's got a great voice i think unfortunately for me the staging is too creepy for the first half and then a little bit sort of frantic with the flag waving in in the second i, I don't i didn't really like that i think like, it's an okay song it's just flipping creepy
0: i think that's fair uh, my personal thoughts is that potentially the Eurovision public and the European public might have held Loreen in potentially even higher esteem than the Swedish public held her in, and that uh, um, maybe her her fame and prominence from uh, Euphoria might have propelled her to, uh, if not winning, certainly a very strong performance at Eurovision. I think it very unlikely that this would have uh, been a dud uh, on Eurovision stage in 2017. Uh, right, so a mixed bag is fair to say on the thoughts. Uh, so let's start with uh pois Any Douze pois in the room for Loreen?
4: Yeah, I'm going to give this my Douze pois It's not as good as Euphoria, but just like her famous The Ring movies, the original is unbeatable. And I think this is, it's better than the ring too. Fair enough. Probably. Uh,
0: shall we uh, hand over to Nilpois then? I think there's still a couple on the table.
3: Yeah, this is a Nilpois for me. Uh, I just found the staging just too over the top, confusing. I found that actually, off it was only after a couple of listens that I was really actually listening to the song rather than trying to follow what was going on on the stage. And actually, when I did listen, there wasn't a lot there. It's a lot of streaking. Not for me, Nilpois.
0: Fair enough, Dan not thinking of past glories and uh, focusing on the present. Uh, Alex, what about you? I think you still have a nil to assign.
2: Yeah, begrudgingly, uh, I'm going to be giving this my nil. Uh, It was between this and Ace Wilder. Um, Unfortunately, this was just a little bit too whaley and a little bit too creepy.
0: Interesting. I haven't yet asked uh, how we think Lorene placed. So, Minnie, where do we think this uh, placed at Melody Festival Island?
4: Um, I think this will be fourth place. I think they'll uh, go in for Queen Laureen. Fair enough.
0: Right, so, interesting lot. I've been totting up uh, a sort of semi sort of scorecard from you all. I think it's safe to say that despite mine and Dan's protestations, uh, our least favourite song of the night is, is Ace Wilder's Wild Child. Uh, followed pretty closely uh, Victoria and then Lorreen. Uh, with John Henrik felson in second, and Mariette was our favourite song of the night with A Million Years, which directly disagrees with, with my opinion because uh, I find that the the least interesting song of the five, at least, but the, the staging does make up for it a certain amount. Uh, shall I tell you where these all came? Yes. Our non-qualifier, losing out to Anton Hagman, was Loreen with statements? Thank you. In uh, seventh place, our lowest of the finalists was Ace Wilder with Wild Child. Uh, in sixth place was Victoria with As I Lay Me Down. Uh, in fourth place was Mariette, A Million Years. And our best placing song uh, in third place was John Henrik Felgren and Aninha. Uh, I'm not going to try and name the song again. Uh, What is interesting there though is uh, if you look at just the juries, uh, Mariette did the best, that came third with the juries, Um, however on public vote it was Victoria. Victoria came second on the public vote, beating the the song that did beat all of them, which if you can cast your mind back to Eurovision 2017 and Sweden's entry was Robin Benson's I Can't Go On. So um, it was a very diverse year and uh, and a very high quality year, as I said from the start. So uh, uh, lots of different opinions. Uh, but uh, if we are looking at someone who was most in touch with the general public, again, and it pains me to say this a little bit, but uh, Alex, his favourite song was... John Henrik's, which came first, and his least favourite was Lorene's, which came last. So, um Alex, congratulations. Man what of the I people, say, once
2: again. I work in public relations. It's my job to understand relations of a public nature.
0: <laughs> right. So, uh, despite us uh, favouring Mariette, it was Robin Benson that set off on the way to Kiev in 2017. Uh, He didn't bring the title home to Sweden. It went off to Lisbon and that is where Eurovision heads next, but not on this podcast. No, now that we are in the month of May, it is time for us to focus and settle down and look on to our special episode that is coming up, looking at Eurovision 2020. Yes, I have picked out five songs from this year's selection that would have gone head to head on the 16th of may Uh, and now we will be putting them out not to a public vote not to a jury vote but to the thoughts of four often misguided panelists to see what they think this year's eurovision winner should be so join us again next time and it's goodbye from them bye phil everyone else is on mute and it's that is the gin starting to talk (laughs) Blah, <laughs> Are you still there?